It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Brett Baer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, May 11th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. Protests are illegal in Russia, and the Russian government is particularly sensitive to them right now with this war going on. But more and more, we're seeing people publicly expressing their anger with the Russian government because of this war. These are individually really bold actions, and um, I have to say that I give them credit for doing whatever they feel they can to draw attention to the cause. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Today we're talking about why Russia's victory day might have been a loss for President Vladimir Putin and a daring escape from Russia from one of its most high-profile critics. Have you ever heard of the band Pussy Riot? This group has spent plenty of time on the streets of Russia in protests of the Putin regime and plenty of time in jail also, being arrested multiple times for their public demonstrations. Now their lead singer has snuck out of Russia. There's always somebody who screws up in the Russian system for every 10 people who manage to arrest and shut down or, you know, block things like that. There's someone who just screws up. Our guest today is Fox News foreign correspondent Amy Kellogg. And so... Maria Alyokhina um, had a bracelet, an electronic bracelet. Her sentence was switched to time in a penal colony. She said, I'm out of here. She was staying with her girlfriend. And I think they were at a dacha somewhere. And they were being monitored. There were cops around the place 24-7. And she put on a green uh, two-piece food delivery uniform and snuck out what's called the... um, the black entrance. It's an old Soviet expression, actually, John. It's it's like a little hole in a building where uh, normally entrance is restricted. So it's a it's a you know it's a dark little hole somewhere in the building, not the main entrance. And she said she snuck out that way. I just heard her doing a an interview with uh, Alexei Navalny's YouTube channel. So, and she also said that the reason she did it when she did it was because she's got a performance scheduled for, I think it's tomorrow in Berlin and she wanted to stick with it. But anyway, what she did was she cut off the bracelet. She left her phone behind. Um, and I, you know, I don't know how you cut off an electronic bracelet without huge alarms going off, but that's, that's her story that she um, managed to get spirited by friends to the border with Belarus, which is easy to cross. And then she had to make three attempts to get into Lithuania, which of course is the European Union. And she got stopped twice. And the third time she was lucky, but for that to happen, someone had to smuggle some sort of European travel document. It was an Icelandic friend, which gives the story a whole other geographical aspect. Somehow that got smuggled into to Belarus where she was hiding. And um, and then she made it across into Lithuania. So uh, but tonight she was saying that she wasn't ruling out that she's not going to, in a very Navalny-esque way, try to go back. She said 
that her main obsession right now is to do whatever she can to help the Ukrainians, whether that's making noisy protests or whether that's raising money. She hasn't figured it out, but she said that is that has to be her raison d'etre right now after this concert. Yeah, and she's been making noisy protests for years now. It's not her first prison sentence. She's done time in the past in Russia for speaking out against the Putin regime. And that was, I guess, my thought as I was listening to you was like, okay, she's busted her way out of Russia. But does that actually put her at a disadvantage? Because if she's speaking out against the Russian government from outside Russia, have they actually won because she left the country? Yeah, and that's that's a really personal decision that a lot of people like her are making now because You can't make a lot of noise from within a labor camp, a labor colony. And yet, you know, many principled people like Navalny feel like you need to put your money where your mouth is, speak out, pay the consequences, be an example for others. Not that it's appealing to other people to follow that uh, example, but it is a it, it is showing that you are a patriot, I guess, that you would die for your country or give up your freedom for your country anyway. So I think she, she's probably weighing all of that as a lot of people are. But um, yeah, I mean, she that that protest that they did in 2012 was probably the most original and interesting protest we've seen in Russia in, in recent decades. Yeah, let's get some more details on that because I remember seeing the video going viral back then and you see the Russian police hitting these women, this group Pussy Riot, with batons. Can you just describe that a little bit more for people that don't remember? Yeah, well, they, it was, you know, the the, the 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 cathedral where they sort of slandered. I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was um, it was considered blasphemous and they um, kind of cursed, I think they cursed Putin in the church. Um, And they were carted off and given these draconian sentences. They were all in sort of colorful balaclava masks and I think mini skirts. And um, it was bold because that cathedral had just been redone at great expense. The cathedral is really symbolic because it is the main cathedral in Moscow. The patriarch has recently, of course, been sanctioned because he's been very supportive of the war. So he's quite a controversial figure the head of the Russian Orthodox Church. And and that um, cathedral had been shut during the Stalin times and converted into a swimming pool, a public swimming pool. And so to great expense, at great expense and, and to great fanfare, it was turned back into a cathedral when the Soviet Union fell and is is a place that's very sort of um, it tries to be very upright and proper in terms of respecting Orthodox tradition. And these these gals just busted in, jumped up on the altar and um, and kind of went at everyone in the establishment and and pay, and paid a price for it. Yeah, but they also brought in all sorts of media. At least they got a lot of coverage about this and had their message out there. Here we are in 2022. Russia has a war going on Ukraine. And it looks like that band is back at it as they've been this whole time. Now, these are some of the more high profile protests that we've been talking about in Russia since the war. But it seems like more and more this is happening with people becoming dissidents against the war on Ukraine and speaking out publicly against Russian President Vladimir Putin. Do you have any other examples of recent protests that have happened there that have caught your eye? Well, I find it all very moving. Obviously, the world was hoping to see waves of Russians moving through the streets with anti-war posters when this all happened. But that's just not possible, John. So people have taken to single picket actions. They will stand with a sign that just says Niet, and they'll get arrested for that. Even something as sort of 
apparently low key is that is is a real risk. And if you do it a second time, there's a fine and then there's a, a greater fine. And then and then there's a penal case opened against you if you if you keep protesting. But it just seems that the the government is getting more and more paranoid um, as they go after these people, which I find extraordinary if they're scared of one person with a handwritten sign. I saw um, there was a person in Yekaterinburg, which is a sort of a central Russian city that she, she sewed her mouth closed, literally, and stood out with a placard saying, we can't be silent. She stood for an hour outside of a, a commercial center in town, and she managed to stand for an hour, which I think is quite extraordinary. She says that people came up and hugged her and offered her lots of support. Um, there's lots of art going up. There were some incredibly haunting um, images of dead men with their hands tied behind their backs, which were clearly meant to represent the atrocities in Bucha, Ukraine. And that was in Akadem Garadok in, in Novosibirsk, which is sort of the premier uh, scientific community in the Soviet Union and, and still very important in Russia. Um, and then poetry that's been written and taped onto benches in parks. Uh, people have gotten in trouble for replacing price tags in grocery stores with anti-war messages. Um, there was uh, there was a really kind of comical video on social media this morning of these police climbing, and they really did look like Keystone cops. They were climbing up onto a balcony of an apartment where in St. Petersburg, where a woman was blasting this interview that was very anti-war, and also some old Russian song by a famous crooner, Vladimir Vysotsky, about German troops trampling on Ukraine. And these guys were really bothered by the police came and they wanted to arrest this woman. So you see them climbing up this balcony and they looked like they didn't really know how to do it. And they ultimately haul this woman out and she's arrested. I don't know what became of her. Um, but another woman in, in very deep Russia, in such deep Russia that I think part of the year she can't even get to a grocery store, uh, worked for a municipal administration and she um, painted anti-war graffiti at night on the build on the, the wall of the building. And she's been um, given some sort of protocol, some sort of, they've opened some sort of file against her. She lives alone, 62 years old. She lives alone with her cat and a rescue dog. Her kids have grown up and she can't afford to pay the fine that they've given her, but she just refuses to be silent, even though she's living in this tiny, tiny place None of her friends will talk to her anymore. She's been completely ostracized by the community who are afraid. So, I mean, these are individually really bold actions. And um, I have to say that I give them credit for doing whatever they feel they can to draw attention to the cause. We're speaking today with Fox News senior foreign correspondent Amy Kellogg about the growing dissidents in Russia as people are voicing their displeasure with a war on Ukraine. We'll pick the conversation back up on the other side of this. Now, Amy, Monday was a big day, not only for Russia, but for this war, obviously, Victory Day in Russia. Vladimir Putin giving a speech there, which included some things we thought was going to happen and some other things he didn't say about this war in Ukraine. It seems like some of these anti-war protests, though, from within Russia were brought up after that speech. Do you think that the speech may have gone the other way for Vladimir Putin, I read a report of around 125 people were detained on Victory Day for protesting after this speech? Yeah, I think some of them were picked up um, kind of by facial recognition technology. So maybe they had been on radar anyway. 
um, for, for prior pickets. They're calling them pickets when they go out with one sign. But yeah, I think um, I think that that could be the case, John, that it, it could have been cause and effect. I think it was really horrifying to um, a lot of people to see this solemn ceremony because Russia lost more than I believe any other country in World War II. It's it was, I, I want to say 28 million, but I'm not sure. But anyway, some colossal number of, of dead and every family was touched in some way by this war. So it's it's a very important moment for the Russian nation. And, and it was in the Soviet times too. And, and recently people have started walking in procession with banners bearing pictures of fallen grandparents or great grandparents. And so I think there was really a reaction to Putin's using this event to talk about how awful the West is. And, you know, he said things like there were probably lots of American veterans who wanted to come and they weren't allowed to, to, to travel to Russia. And he did his usual, um, he had his usual lines about this, these threats to Russia, that Ukraine was a threat, that, that, that NATO was a threat, that everyone, you know, that Russia was about to be attacked. And so they needed to, to do this. And it was a glorious um, you know, it was a glorious fight. And when you see these uh, very well-groomed soldiers marching in procession through Moscow and you think about the stories of drunken soldiers raping people in Ukraine, it just is surreal. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people were horrified by this, this moment that really could be solemn and very importantly commemorative for the nation to be used for his political propaganda. Of course, that morning, there were hackers busy at work. Um, Lenta.ru, which is a pro-Kremlin news site, was hacked by apparently by two former employees who put up articles saying things like Putin has turned into a, he's become a pathetic dictator and a paranoiac, that Russia's dumping the bodies of its soldiers in Ukraine, that it's fully destroyed Mariupol, which of course is true, um, and that it's turned Putin turned the government into the biggest robber of Russians. Also, when you looked for television scheduling on certain websites that day, you saw scrolling messages, the blood of thousands of Ukrainians is on your hands. And then RuTube um, has been hacked. I don't know if that's back up and running yet, but that's the Russian sort of equivalent or answer to YouTube. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of sabotage going on, a lot of people doing what they can to try to Get the anti-war message out, John. Yeah, the government can try and silence voices, but they can only really do so much. I mean, Russia has been doing a lot to silence these dissidents. But again, people are always going to find a way to speak up for what they believe is right. Fox News senior foreign correspondent Amy Kellogg giving us the Russian side of things on this war in Ukraine. Amy, thanks for your time and your experience. And thanks for coming on with us here on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Thanks, John. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.